You now tuned in to the Gunk Town Podcast. I'm your boy Doug B. We ain't got nothing to talk about, but we got something to talk about. Let's go. Good people, good people, good people. Welcome back to the Gumptown Podcast, episode 70. I'm your boy, Doug B. If you tuned in to this podcast, thank you for your time and your attention. I really appreciate you giving this podcast a shot. Today's guest, he is the founder and owner of Trifecta Performance. I'm looking forward to this conversation, and I'm sure you all will be inspired by his story. Let's chop it up with David Graham. <laughs> David, how's it going, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you. Glad to hear that, man. First things first, thank you for taking time out of your schedule to chop it up with me a few minutes. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure, man. I'm looking forward to kind of letting the people know what this is about, man, because it's about educating the people. Yes, sir. Of course, we're here to talk about Trifecta Performance and all the other business entities you have going on. But before we go there, let's get to know the man behind the brands. What's your story? Well, man, pretty much, man, just the hard work and dude. Um, I've been in healthcare since 03. Uh, I've been a healthcare provider as a, as a nurse practitioner since 2016. Um, I've been an entrepreneur for the past four years, man. Just been hustling and grinding. Uh, I've worked, you know, during COVID. I ran a couple, I ran ICUs during COVID. Uh, right now I'm doing disability exams. So pretty much, man, my background is being a, a healthcare professional. Um, I play some college sports, um, which kind of <clears throat> give me a, a unique perspective, you know, just kind of being part of the team aspect. But um Got a kind of unique blend. I was a jock, but I happened to be a nerd at the same time. So I was able to kind of accomplish a lot while, you know, attributing some athletic you know, goals as well. I was a, a Golden Glove champion in my 30s, uh, became a, got to grappling, won some grappling tournaments. So all that athletic background com- com- combined with my medical kind of helped birth the, uh, the whole trifecta performance thing. So um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a fun ride, man. And it, it all kind of came from the fact that you know, I stumbled across some technology just by, it was honestly by mistake, man. I was just, I was doing some research on some equipment that would um, pretty much monitor your 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 um, nervous system. And it could show, like, basically I work with military veterans treating chronic pain. And this, and this type and this technology can quantify if PTSD is affecting your nervous system and kind of help as a healthcare provider, let us know if we need to be looking for other problems. But, um, you know what? And then, then by happen chance, I was, you know, I was talking to a sales guy and he mentioned something about some Tesla technology and the rest is history, man. I, um, you know, I kind of started using this technology four years ago on myself and I noticed that my pain, my leg felt stronger. Didn't need, you know, I didn't need pain medicine no more. And then after using it on some older patients in my medical practice, Veterans Wellness Center, uh, just um, my best friend's nephew um, played high school football, was having a bad knee some trouble with his knee going to a football camp and we, and I gave him a little regimen for his legs. Um, and he went to, he went to university of choice football camp and ran a five one nine. And then a couple weeks later, after, you know, using the treatments that I gave him for his legs, he went to the university of Alabama's football camp and they clocked him at a four or five flat. Um, me and his father and you know, his father was an ER doctor. Um, we thought it was a mistake. Um, so we just kind of, we kept, you know, I kept giving him the machine and using his legs. Um, and then he gets to football camp later that summer and he went from the middle of the pack speed to the third fastest on the team, and he's six feet, two hundred forty-five pounds. Um, and it was it was such a dramatic improvement. His friends, all the teammates, thought he was doing drugs, getting juicing, because his father happened to own an online testosterone clinic. And so 
that's how I came up with the, my whole thing, uh, get juiced with trifecta performance because my best friend's son improved so dramatically and so quickly, his, his friends thought he was on drugs or <laughs> using steroids. So <laughs> that that's the birth of trifecta performance, literally because his, his friends were accusing him of using performance enhancing substances because he got that much better that quickly. Wow, man, that's amazing, man. That's such a powerful story and just how the birth of trifecta performance came along. Let's back up a little bit. I know you were saying you were a college athlete. Uh, are you originally from Montgomery? No, sir. No, sir. I was born in Massachusetts uh, in the birthplace of basketball, Springfield, Mass. Big shout out. Uh, not from where the Simpsons are from. We were from Springfield, Massachusetts. Not, <laughs> not the Simpsons. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, we um, small, you know, small city. Um, just grew up in, a, you know, my mom raised me. Uh, then we spent half my life in the uh, Maryland, D.C. area. You know, shout out to D.C. Chocolate City, man. Um, I kind of grew up in that area as a young man. And then um, my first marriage, uh, we were stationed. We was, I've been in my first marriage. So I've been here in Montgomery since 2011. Um, kind of like just um, hanging out, you know, just develop my, my skill set as an earth nose practitioner and kind of raising my kids. You know what I'm saying? Wow, man. That's amazing, man. So let's talk about cultural differences. What, were, what are some cultural differences you noticed when you came down from Alabama from the DMV? Man, you know what, man? I'm gonna be honest, man. I kind of was uh, pleasantly surprised when I came down <laughs> to Montgomery, man. I was just like, number one, ain't no, ain't no traffic, bro. <laughs> just, just on that alone, I'm like, I'm good. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, no, tra no traffic. Uh, gas is cheap. You know, and it's cheap to live here. You can't complain about Montgomery, man. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's you know, it's, just, you know, it's, it's a little laid back here in, in Gump Town, but you know, it's, it's still love, man. And I have to admit, it's been. Been a pretty um pretty good experience here in Montgomery. Yes, sir. That's one thing I know, man. Just from I'm from the Gump. I visited DMV a few times. And yeah, that traffic is next level, man. Yeah, also living right. is that, too. <laughs> yeah, it's it's you know like I don't. why I don't like going to Atlanta. I get to me flashbacks. <laughs> it's like I don't. <laughs> oh, I don't see man. no more traffic. No traffic yeah. at all. Yes, sir. So where did you where did you play college ball at? Uh, Worcester State College in, Ma in Massachusetts. Okay. What was, yeah, Worcester State Lancers, a, man. Worcester State Lancers from 90, 96 to 2000. You know what I'm saying? Just um, pretty decent teams. We were, uh, and then after that, man, I just kind of got out of, got out of after college, just went into, came back to the Maryland area, and I got into healthcare. Uh, got my LPN in 2003. You know, my, my, mother, my mother was a nurse, and she always told me I should be a nurse, but I was, my background was computers. But life had it. You know, I guess I, I, I was supposed to be doing this. <laughs> so, um, next thing I, you know, in 2003, I'm in, I'm in the LPN program, and then I graduate from there. Uh, 06, I get my RN, and when I get down here to Alabama in 13, I get my bachelor's, and then I go back to school to get my master's degree in nursing. I'm a certified nurse practitioner. Okay, so overall, so how was that college experience being an athlete? Man, I tell, I told every, I told, I told every young man that I could talk to as I was coming up, my little cousins, you know, people I just meet. But hey, man, if you got an opportunity to play college sports, you got to do it because it just, um, it's, it's the camaraderie. I, I have, you know, it's like a now some people go to college, get on, they become for, get on for, go to fraternities. Mm -hmm. Same thing. You play college sports, man. Especially because I play college basketball, so it's only like 13, 14 of us. So. I still have friends to this day that, you know, my teammates that I, we still talk to to this day. And we've been friends since 1997. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? So it was just, you know, I got to go to Hawaii, you know, got to travel the country. And, you know, and we play some good ball, man. You know, 
it just it was it was it was a good experience, man. Because I think that team, I think it's important that you know kids should play sport because when you get become an adult, you know, and get into the real world, you know, you, you rarely do anything by yourself. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that in my professional career that people that didn't play on teams, they're <laughs> they're not the most fun <laughs> people to work with, man. It just if people don't have an idea of key, of team concept or you know or understanding how to pull together the, the, the common to accomplish a common goal it's not going to work in the real world this is not going to work so i definitely i, I definitely recommend i was and my kid you know just it's that, that sports that camaraderie being on the team is definitely important i think just for, for, for life man because in life is tough man and always that that team component doing things together can help in a professional setting yes sir 100 man i agree uh just being in that that team dynamic, those sports, man, just those skills you learn, like you said, man, that teamwork and just understanding everybody have different strengths and weaknesses. So put it together, you can create something great, man. So that's amazing that you've taken those principles you learn playing college ball and those tra- they transferred into present day. That's amazing. Yeah, man. It's, it's, been a, it's been a fun ride, man. It's been a fun ride. Yes, yeah, sir. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Now, nah, all, all those experiences kind of prepared me to be for this corporate world or, or business entrepreneurial world. Yes, sir. That's amazing, man. So let's talk yeah, more man. about Trifecta Performance. What inspired the name? Very intriguing name. Well, man, like I said, man, my, my best friend's son, he got really, I had actually, I had a company I had created called Trifecta Healthcare Services. And I was trying to do some things with it, you know, had some ideas and just kind of, and then I just, it just was kind of sitting out there. I was, you know, hustling and traveling in and meeting people, trying to implement some things in the primary care setting, but never nothing really materialized. I got a couple of jobs, you know, paid decent money, but nothing really materialized how I wanted it to. So it became just kind of dormant. Then I, you know, I kind of just went on and focused on obtaining some contracts with the VA to work with veterans and stuff like that. And then I came across this Tesla technology and then when I tried it on my, my best friend's son, his his friend thought he was juicing. Then I don't know what, um, I don't know where the performance part came in, but I said, you know what? Get juiced with trifecta performance. I called the in the future of athletic enhancement. That's that's the that's the rhyme, that's the line right there. You're the first media outlet to get it, baby. So wherever I go, you ride it with me, player. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Nah, man, that's amazing, man. That's amazing. Yeah, man. And- it really is as far as organic as you can imagine. It really is as organic as you can imagine. So that's why I really believe is, you know, I, when I talk to people about what I'm doing, I said, um, you know, I can imagine what the people that um, started Bitcoin felt like. I can imagine it because I know, I know as a, number one, first, I t- when I explain people who, what I do and what I am, I kind of give my, my unique perspective because I tell them I'm not a trainer. I'm not a physical therapist. I'm not a strength and conditioning coach. I said, I'm a, I'm a medical provider first. You know what I'm saying? That's how I look at this. Uh, but I happen to be a jock at the same time. You know, I did CrossFit. I've done yoga. So I have, and, and I've studied nutrition and stuff like that. And I have a unique perspective. I have a unique knowledge base to what I bring to a, to the athletic world. So and using this test of technology, I've watched athletes get better almost instantaneously, like while they're getting treatments. Um, it's just it's it's exciting, man, because I know for a fact that every athlete, at least in America or in the world, needs access to this technology, man. And the crazy thing about it, no one knows about it, bro. That's the crazy part. It's absolutely insane that there is technology available that you can plug into your wall in your home. And if you use it in an appropriate way, 
it'll treat your pain naturally and your pain will resolve. Or if you're an athlete, if you use this machine in a certain way, you'll get faster and you'll get stronger. I've seen it. Like without, like I'm not even, I've got to a point, I've just accepted what my eyes are telling me and what the science says. You know, I'm a, uh, I, first of all, I'm a scientist first. I have a master's degree in nursing, which is a science degree. I'm a scientist. So I know what I'm seeing. I know how the human body functions and operates. And I've watched athletes improve with their functional, with their functional movements with this technology, because, you know, it helps the body initiate certain cellular cellular activity that that just it is what it is sir it's science and i'm excited because the sports world doesn't know about it you know and the company that created the technology has tasked me with being their sports guy you know they they're really they're really um proud of their technology but they know you know it, it has to be used a certain way and they actually told me david what you're doing with that with the with the technology we didn't intend it for that they intended it for a specific demographic people with diabetic neuropathy and urinary incontinence that's how they market it to, to providers like me. It brings a cash it, it, it brings a cash revenue stream to your to your medical practice, right? So you know, I, when I got the machine, I studied the book, used it on myself, used it on my patients, and so on and so forth. Basically, what it was designed for: chronic pain management. It really does you know resolve pain. But when I started kind of playing around with it, you know, putting pads in different places, you know, I was an athlete, did certain things on my kids. I noticed that you could create maximum resistance in any range of motion. I was like, huh? And I thought, I said, hold on, I can do this. I can do that. And next thing I know, my best friend's son went from a 519 to a 45 flat. And I know that's worth millions of dollars. <laughs> so there you have it, man. So it's like, you know, being, being at the forefront of a new way to treat athletes with technology, I'm excited for the ride. You know, the company is supporting me. I can't be kind of like circumvented kind of because I have a contract with the company. Mm -hmm. So it's um, it's exciting, man, because number one is about education. You know, people need to understand that science is really the chance of a lot of our problems. Um, and this technology doesn't does, I don't have there's no I don't I don't prescribe pills. I don't do shots. I don't do any more invasive procedures to treat chronic pain. And on athletes, we can minimize injury and promote performance naturally without without medication, without Literally, with this technology, an athlete wouldn't need wouldn't need steroids anymore. Like literally, like not even exaggerating. That's amazing. Because, man. yeah, like I'm not even exaggerating. I'm saying that with a straight face. Like I'm not smiling, I'm not blinking. Like I've watched athletes improve within minutes. They they walk into my clinic or I show up somewhere and they feel a certain way. When I leave, they they feel better or that pain or injury is resolved or it feels a lot better. Steroids can't do that. Steroids don't do that. When you take a shot in your butt with a steroid, you don't, you don't feel better, right? You don't feel stronger instantly. With this technology, when I treat athletes, they feel the improvement almost on the, on the spot. And if I can't help them, they need surgery. If I can't treat your issue as an athlete, you need surgery, straight up. Or you, gotta, or you got something going on, you need more, more diagnostic studies. This technology will be the way athletes are trained in the future. I, I'm just waiting for people to recognize what I'm doing. That's all. Man, that's amazing, right. man. You first yeah. to it. And I, I love to hear it. Like, and just when you talk about this, you are passionate about science. You know what you're talking about. Yeah, educating man. people. And that's what you said from the start. It's all about educating people. There's another way to treat injuries and stuff of that nature. And yeah, you know, steroids and stuff, all that stuff is prominent. I, I was an athlete back in the day. I wasn't 
a very good athlete. I did good to drink some Gatorade and shit, wear my jersey and stuff, but <laughs> I never <laughs> I never thought about but yeah, I know juicing and stuff. I know well, I know steroids, I know that's a big thing in pro sports. And um I'm just glad that you're tapping into this uh untapped market, man, and you're first to it. So like you said, nobody can circumvent what you're doing. It's amazing now, stuff, man. Now it's it's exciting because I know every every coach, every parent doesn't want their kid training in pain or competing in pain. No, who, like who does? Um, and that's, and that's the part that's been the most, you know, my biggest challenge is educating people on what I'm doing because most people think it's a 10 unit, right? I always get that. Well, I got one of those at home or my chiropractor has that, or I've done that before. And I'm all, and it's just like, okay, I understand it. Like, it's also like saying, yes, I've seen a Ferrari and I've seen a Ford Escort and they're both cars. Absolutely. I agree. But I've, I tell you, boss, man, like I've treated Lou Gehrig's disease. I've treated the shakes from Parkinson's and I've treated strokes successfully. Like the patients had improvement in their functional movements. Ten units don't do that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, boss? <laughs> like ten units don't improve functional movement on people with neurological injuries after the first treatment, you know, during the first treatment. You know what I'm saying? So. I'm excited, man. I'm not sure why the creator chose me for this mission, but I'm going to run with it, man, because number one is for our veterans, man. That's why I'm really doing it, because um, as we discussed earlier, you know, you know, my primary business was Veterans Wellness Center of Alabama. And we have uh, military veterans and active duty personnel who suffer in pain every day, but they don't have access to this technology. That's the real mission in this in this whole situation. Uh, Trifecta Performance is going to be my my um, my platform. Because there's no way that um, people that served our country should be suffering in pain any longer. They shouldn't have to. Like, I've watched this technology improve someone's quality of life after the first 45-minute treatment, where they, their whole demeanor changed, their whole outlook changed. Like, they look like a different person. Literally, I had a, a veteran in my clinic who was going through a Suboxone withdrawal. If you don't know what Suboxone is, Suboxone is a synthetic narcotic. Is what they give like, you know, heroin addicts or narcotic or like crackheads or people that are just hooked on narcotics is what they give them to get them off the street drugs. They get them on the synthetic drugs. It's really no, it's not really no improvement in the situation. The patient's still hooked on an unnatural substance, right? Mm-hmm. So this particular patient was in my clinic one day going through a withdrawal because they were in a halfway house and they couldn't be on a synthetic narcotic at this halfway house. So I gave this patient a treatment. And after the, during the treatment, the patient fell asleep. And when they woke up, the jitters were gone, the shakes were gone, the sniffling was gone, and they were laughing. So when I saw that, I really understood the true power of this technology. And I understood my mission. It's like, yo, we got to get this to our veterans. We got to get this to our active duty personnel. Like these men and women have been in wars, or these men and women are currently in a war, and they don't have access to technology that can make them better performing soldiers or help them manage the chronic pain they're dealing with from their military life. So these athletics with trifecta performance, these athletes, these sports leagues are going to be my platform. They, you know, that's just what it is, man. You know, so if anyone has an issue with trying to help veterans and military personnel get better treatment, uh, they definitely don't, you know, I don't, is they definitely don't want to make themselves known because that's one thing we can say as, 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 as Americans, we really respect our veterans, you know? So and that's that's my really mission, boss. We got to get this technology to the vets. And that's so, amazing, that's what, man. Yeah, that's what it's about, man. There's no reason why. No reason why. 
Like, you know, this it's it's unacceptable. And so, you know, and as a as a as a citizen in this country, man, change doesn't occur if we don't do it ourselves. We can't rely on this government to incite change. We can't. Doesn't matter what it is, whether it's social, economic, this is gonna be a healthcare revolution, man. You know, I told I told I was joking with somebody when I first opened when I started this business, like this is gonna be a revolution in healthcare because um the people shouldn't suffer no more like this, you know. Yes, sir. I agree, man. And like, it's not, that's, it's not necessary. It's not necessary. Absolutely. So it's, it's up to us as the people to decide how we take care of ourselves, you know? So the technology is available, man. It's real. And that's my mission. Make sure our veterans get it. That's a great mission, man. Because you like you said, saying? veterans should not be suffering, man. And I'm going to tell you, the thing that really like got me really intrigued about Trifecta was the interview you did with WSFA with a former boxer. Tyrell Biggs and just Dude, Parker's you made with him. I was like, you know what? I need to talk to this David Graham guy, man. He's a beast. Because I, I remember his after boxing life. I remember just how, you know, he had got down. But what you were able to, man, get him off the cane and get him up. And that's amazing, man. Let's talk more about that. How was that? Yeah, so encounter? let's talk more about that, bro. So, like, champ, man, Tyrell Biggs, man, it's crazy because I met, uh, thanks, you know, thanks to my wonderful wife, man. She, she, through her connection, she was able to link me up with Tyrell Biggs' big brother, um, Xavier Biggs. Big shout out to the Human Weapon Factory in Decatur, Georgia, man. Um, me and, you know, me and uh, Xavier Biggs, you know, kind of developed a rapport. Uh, we got to talking, you know, you know how men do. We know it. Make sure you cool. Make sure he ain't weirdo. I ain't no weirdo. Everything was cool. You know right. what I'm saying? So, <laughs> right, right, right. Got to be yeah, that out, period, man. But then we got to kind of know each other, man. You know, come to find out he's Kevin Hart's boxing trainer. He's Usher's boxing trainer. He's Lamar Odom's boxing trainer. Uh, the dude that's the current celebrity heavyweight boxing champion, he's his trainer. So this guy's like the, the boxing trainer to the celebrities, right, in Atlanta. And so as we get to know each other, he's like, yeah, my big, my little brother is Tyrell Biggs. I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? Ty? Like, yeah, that's my, he's a, that's my little brother. And, he, 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 and he, we got to talking how he's dealing with this severe hip injury where he fell. He, met, he had a prosthetic hip and there was nothing that could be done. It was just the, the muscles had gotten so weak. He, could, he couldn't barely walk anymore. He was on a walker. And so as he's telling me this story, I'm like, yeah, yo, I can fix this hip. And he looks at me like, what are you talking about? He said, there's nothing that can be done. I said, they said there's only rehab can help. And even then we all know rehab isn't going to do nothing. I was like, I know I can fix his hip. And he was like, he couldn't, he was at, when I kept saying it to him, he was like, okay, well, what can you do? And I explained to him about the trifecta performance. And he, and he said, you really think you can help my brother's leg? Because at the time his brother had been living, had been using a walker for about a year at the time. He could barely stand up. And I was like, yeah. So he got his brother down here to Montgomery, Alabama on September 1st. After three days, he was off the walker. Within two weeks, his hip pain was all completely gone. And he and he was using a cane periodically. And at this point, he barely uses the cane now and he doesn't have any more hip pain. And we actually also he had set, he had went during the fall when he injured his hip, he separated his shoulder and we fixed his shoulder pain as well. And he actually was he was joking how he could pump his jab again. And so we're, we're going to work with, with, with Tyrell about, you know, raising awareness. We're going to use his platform, just get the word out. And we're actually going to be opening a trifecta location in Atlanta, hopefully by early spring. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, um, it's, it's exciting, man. And we pretty much gave him his, not get, but we helped him get back quality of life. That was the most important part. 
you know, I had a, um, they're actually they're doing a documentary on Tyrell Biggs right now. And they had an interview me during the documentary. And they was like, what is success for you? I said, bro, I'm already successful. His hip pain is gone. <laughs> I don't care what happens, man. I said, I said this, you know, this, you know, I don't care what happens here going forward. I did my job, man. The man has a quality of life. He's not suffering in pain. I'm I'm a success. And the funny thing about that, he was at an event at the end of October in in Pennsylvania with all the old champions like Sugar Ray, Duran, uh, Holy, I think Holyfield was there, Mickey Ward was there. Uh, a whole bunch of these champions there. And I guess he, he got to talk on Riddick Bow. And I believe Riddick Bow's going to be here next week. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I think as a tenant, I'm not going to say, but I think I've been communicating with Riddick Bow's team for the past three or four days. As of right now, he's supposed to be here next week. You know, I don't, this ain't an official announcement. I'm just saying it's looking like it. You know what I mean? So, if I once I get and Riddick Bow has really bad knees, I guess he could barely walk as well. Like I guess he's not as bad as Champ, you know, as Tyrell Biggs, because Tyrell was like on a walker. He was having like the normal. He's had a lot going on, but I think with uh, Riddick Bow, it's, I think he has his knees are really messed up. And I already know I can fix knees, so I'm not worried about no knees. So, and the beautiful thing about that, I the team told me if Riddick comes through, I think Deontay Wilder's gonna come out, like come hang out with him. So this could be a huge opportunity, man. I hope before you, yeah, I, I, it's funny, right? Because I know you're gonna release this in January. When you release this in January, <laughs> all of Montgomery's gonna know what's going on. So it's gonna be pretty cool when this comes out, right? By the time this comes out, they're gonna they gonna know the deal with Riddick Bow and Tyrell and what we're doing for the Guinness Book Award. It's, it's so much going on, man, right now. It's exciting, bro. It's exciting. Man, that's amazing, man. That's amazing. Like you really you started you found out about this technology by mistake. And what you're doing right now, man, you help Tyrell Biggs improve his quality of life and you're about to help Riddick Bow and many other boxes, man. So let's transition right into that next portion. Whenever I have entrepreneurs on the platform, I like to talk about three things, the aha moment, action and audacity. You've already covered your aha moment. You were finding out about the technology, working with your best friend's son. You improved his speed. And that's when you first had your aha moment about this technology. How long did it take you after the aha moment to take action towards starting a business? Well, bro, when I, when I had the aha moment, I was already in, I was in business, like helping with the veterans. It was like, it was kind of like my aha moment hit me probably before even trifecta was it trifecta. I had a, I had a moment of just revelation and remember in the matrix when Neo got that, he got the, uh, all the Kung Fu downloaded to him. Yeah. (laughs) I had one of those moments, bro. It was like just an, an enlightenment. And then next thing I know, I'm, I'm chasing, a, I'm chasing opening businesses in Birmingham and all led to try like trifecta was kind of like halfway. It's like kind of like the culmination of, of years of work. And so it just, you know, it's kind of like knowing you're onto something, but not knowing how it's going to manifest and then experience it as it happens. It's like, Oh, that's how this was supposed to happen. Oh, really? You know, so it's kind of like being, you know, seeing something way down the line, but seeing it so fast, you don't realize what you're seeing. And that's, and that's what's like everything I'm doing right now. I've already known what's going to happen. I just didn't know the details until I experienced them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, yeah, that's the best way I can explain it. It's, it, right. I, it's like my, it's like, I knew I was supposed to do something. I started on the path, but just, it was all kind of like in faith and just hard work. Like I know I'm supposed to be doing this, you know, everything's keep happening to allow me to move forward. So I'm gonna keep following this path. And then as I see things, you know, just like with the with the machine and like the trifecta and the veterans, it's all been happening. So just 
things are just happening in motion. You know, I, it's pretty exciting, man, because I know that, you know, this is bigger than me, bro. You know, this is way bigger than David Graham. It's bigger than Trifecta. It's bigger than Veterans Wellness Center. It's about people, man, and helping people. And as when, you, when you're trying to help people, especially when you're trying to help, you know, people that done so much and sacrificed so much, it's about, it's way bigger than, you know, what, what I, it's, it's bigger than me. You know, I, I've understood that. And um, now it's just a part is carrying it out and making sure I stay diligent and ensuring the mission because um, it's too important. It's way too important. Man, that's amazing, man. So the last portion, let's talk about audacity. It takes audacity to step out there and get started. You are, all, you are a serial entrepreneur. Who or what gave you that audacity to get started in business and to carry on this entrepreneurship uh, torch that you've been carrying? Oh, man, what gave me the audacity? Um, you know, I think it's kind of like not being scared of failure, man. Mm. Like, cause you can't do this without being scared of failure. Like I'm so scared to fail. Like I'm so scared to fail. I'm gonna, I'm gonna work myself. Like I already said, as long as I got breath in my body, I'm gonna do whatever it takes to make sure this, this gets done. So just not having fear. It's not, it's not audacity. Just having no fear. Can't be scared, man. I don't have, I don't, I don't have a time clock. I don't have, I don't get guaranteed money. All my money is hustle. Mm. Like it's, you can't have that fear. You know, fortunately I'm a nurse practitioner. So I have an insurance policy. I have a nursing license, obviously, you know what I'm saying? So I can always go make me a hundred dollars an hour somewhere. Yeah. But um, still the fact is I don't work for nobody. I'm not an employee. I'm not a worker bee, man. And that takes, that takes lack of fear mm. because at any moment, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't have paid vacation. I don't have, you know, I don't have that luxury, but, I know that everything I do is for me. All the pro all the hard work is going to benefit me. You know, I'm not working for nobody. I don't, no one's going to benefit off my hard work. And it, that's the audacity that when I realized when I got into this self-employed world, my first job as a nurse practitioner, and I was like, oh, I don't have to ask for time off. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can do this. <laughs> that was, that was my audacity. I think that was my moment when I realized that I didn't have to ask for time off. Or if I didn't want to show up for work for three weeks, no, I don't have to send an email or file no paperwork for vacation vacation requests. Mm. That was that was probably that audacity moment when I when I first realized I'm working for myself. I don't I don't answer to anybody. That's amazing, man. Let's talk about let's talk a little bit about that, man. Um, what is what is that like on a day to day? Knowing that you don't hit the clock is is uh you versus you. Yo, it's um you know what man? I'm a I'm gonna tell you. I think. Every if you I tell everyone listening to this program, if you know someone that works for themselves, man, you gotta give them a pat on the back because it takes a big set, man. I, can I say cojones on the cojones? Yes, sir. Cojones. You got it. Go ahead. You got right. it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man, you gotta have a you gotta have a nice set of cojones to do this, man, because it all falls on you. You know, I'm, I'm my son, my son's 12 years old. I got, you know, I can't tell him, Daddy, we gotta move out because daddy can't pay the mortgage. How that gonna sound? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got a wife. You know what I mean? How, how that gonna yes, sound, man? Yes, sir. That's yeah. I mean, how that sound? You know, I, I can't have that. I can't have that conversation with people that work for me. Tell me they 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 paycheck gonna bounce this week. Yes, I don't sir. have those conversations, man. I refuse to have those conversations. So it's just understanding that the everything ends with you, man. You gotta look in that mirror. If it doesn't go right, look in the mirror. If it, if it goes excellent, look in the mirror. And I, and I think you know. A lot of times people that try to associate themselves with you that don't that aren't entrepreneurs, they don't understand that grind. Mm. They don't they don't understand the sacrifice or the, you know, what it takes. They don't. I, I tell anybody that, that about business being an entrepreneur, 
tighten your circle. Don't, don't, yeah, just tighten your circle and don't expect people to understand what you're doing. Um, I, I, sometimes I feel like I'm going crazy because it's like I have simple expectations, accountability and hard work. And people look at me when I hold them to that. It's like, hold on. All I'm asking you to do is be accountable and work hard and I reward you for your efforts. That's the kind of, that's the kind of uh, leader that I am. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm like my boy from 300, Leonidas. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let's go. Sparta, <laughs> let's go, baby. You know what I'm saying? But, and, and that's, and that's kind of the thing about it, man. I have that kind of work ethic, that kind of gumption. So I recognize when people aren't on board with me very quickly. You lead by example. It's kind of like, it's kind of saying like this, man. If I'm, I can, I'm willing to do anything for the business. I'll do anything, mm-hmm. anything, any and everything. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm, it's easy for me to recognize when, when someone's not giving me that same effort, whether it's just, you know, I just, it's, it's, it's pretty obvious, man. Cause I, as a leader, man, I, I'll, I'll do anything for the, for the growth of the team. I'll do anything. Um, I'm not too big for anything. I'm not too small for anything. Uh, it's just all about understanding what the, what the uh, one common goal. And when, and if you're working with people, trying to do business with people that don't have that same mindset or that have the same like kind of work ethic as you, it really stands out. It does. Like I've had, yeah, it's just some of those things in business, man. I realized that what I do and how I work, it's not a common feat. It's not a, it's not a common character, character trait. I'm really, I'm realizing that my four years in business, I'm realizing that my character traits are very, they're, they're very suddenly found in other people. <laughs> and I, and I, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just being honest, man. That's amazing, man. You lead by example. So you already know what to look for when you have yeah, it, so it, it I, come I'm learning that. I, I have to stop, you know, I'm realizing, man, accountability and hard work. Man, I don't know if I don't know if Facebook took it somewhere and threw it somewhere. And, like I don't like people just don't understand that. <laughs> but the most, but the most, you're right. But the most important thing is you setting that standard at your company, right? So, and that's so what people. it is, man. And people, yeah, that think that's that's why I'm very proud. I'm proud for what I'm what I've tried, what I'm trying to accomplish. Yeah. Um, I'm very proud about that. I'm very proud about that because it's, yeah. it, it, it's um have a long way to go, but it takes it takes courage. And, and, and just, you know, it takes courage and be and being prepared to, to look like an oddball and, you know, work, you know, working seven days a week, you know, grinding out. Because I know my goal is when I'm 50, I'm retiring. <laughs> like, I ain't working like this. When I'm 50. No so, doubt, man. No doubt. And, and to be honest with you, man, that's that's great stuff. And that transition right into the next portion. And you've done great things to try to the performance. Great things are coming down the pipeline. Let's talk about vision. What are your short term and long term goals for the business? Oh man, my short term goal, my short term goal. I just want to honestly, don't, don't, this is kind of funny. I, I just want to keep making payroll. That's my short term goal. Want to? I, I like. I want to be able to make payroll, man. That's that's important to me. You know, having a profitable, sustainable business because because nothing's going to happen without the business being sustainable. You know what I'm saying? Respect. That's just yeah. If the business ain't making money, you can't pay bills. You want you know you got to look. You got to figure out how to pay bills, man. And that's. That's the short-term goal, man. Just making sure that the trifecta, along with the Veterans Wellness Center, continue to grow as businesses and, and sustain. Um, and my long-term goal is I want to be the largest Black-owned healthcare company in the world. Because um, as of right now, if you Google it, there isn't one. There isn't a large Black-owned healthcare company. There isn't one. Um, if, you, if you know one, brother, I'd like to know the name of it. But I, hey, I Googled, I Googled called- it myself. It's called Trifecta Performance. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm know, speaking with so. the largest black healthcare company in the world, man. I'm, I'm already speaking to him, David Graham. 
Yeah, man, that's that's something that I think for me, it when I you know when I started the Veterans Wellness Center, then I started Trifecta. I'm like, man, if if I do this right, you know, it'll be it'll be something to see because you know you have you have successful black doctors, black surgeons that have you know a couple practices in like you know and have big surgery centers stuff like that. But as far as like a a healthcare company, like for example, you know Pfizer, those are pharmaceutical companies, right? You know what's the, you know like health like these these companies that make the the electronic records in healthcare, right? Those are big healthcare companies, but it's like none of them are owned by black, none of them are majority owned by a black man or a black woman. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's important, you know, as this, you know, for me, this healthcare and revolution is is more so a healthcare and just bring bringing a change in the, in, in my community, man. Because it's for me, it's like healthcare is so it's such a a, a vast opportunity as far as business i think there's something as a as a people the african-american population is something we should be in we should be encouraging our youth to look into healthcare because number one in every healthcare category the african-american is always the worst man i hate to say it hypertension diabetes uh heart attacks strokes stuff like that we always either we're, we're only 13 percent of the population but we account for the majority of the you know the population with chronic diseases and it's something as a people we got to get a hold of. And I think, you know, how that happens, having more healthcare providers that are African-American, having more nurses that are African-American, you know, and, and I'm going to tell you, I had a conversation with a local uh, city official. I said, um, you know, I go, I go into these hospitals and doctors meetings and, and, and like these conferences, and I'm usually the only black male nurse practitioner there. Why is that, man? So it's like, it's like, you know what, David? I think it's time to, to to have a revolution of change, man. You gotta be, you gotta start to change. So my thing is now is showing that our, our young people that there is such thing as a large black-owned healthcare company, and you know we're gonna incite change. You know, there's no reason why that. You know, it's just it's, and it's, it's just about uplifting, uplifting the community of people as a whole. And I think we gotta we gotta contribute and just make sure that you know we can use healthcare as a as a tool to incite change amongst ourselves. And like, why not have a healthcare revolution? You know, why not? Why do we have so many, you know, African-Americans with hypertension or diabetes mm-hmm. or, or with strokes or heart attacks? Why is that? It's a lack of knowledge and a lack of just, you know, education amongst our people. You know, so it can't happen if we're not healthcare providers. You know, it's, it's not going to happen. You know, I think as, as an African-American, if we have more people that look like us providing the health care, we may have more compliance and, and maybe perhaps see a change in our overall healthcare statistics. So it's, it's a big mission, man. I'm probably going to be I'm probably going to be long gone before it's it's seen through. But it's something that has to be done. It has to be. You know, I, I'm not an entertainer. I'm not an athlete. I'm going to be a large healthcare conglomerate, you know, and I want to shoot some videos. <laughs> wrapping up my healthcare company. <laughs> right. No doubt, man. Hey, you know what? Those are some, you know what those are some great goals, man. And I right. have no doubt yeah. that you, you'll make them all come to fruition. Yeah, it's, that's what it is, man. Just trying to incite change, man. That's all, man. It's just. I think I've gotten, you know, I think that's why, you know, I've been blessed with this opportunity. That's what I firmly believe in is to incite change. Um, and it's, you know, we're helping the people, man. We're going to help the people out. There's too much suffering as far as these opioids and chronic pain and stuff like that. And we're giving our kids these medications. Like we have kids in high school getting steroid shots and, and Motrin every night and having these surgeries because they're beat up. 
we got to change that, man. We have to change that. We have to because, you know, a large portion of the athletes that get hurt are African-American, right? We dominate football. We dominate basketball. We dominate with football, basketball. Uh, we get soccer, not really, but, you know, we're <laughs> still when it, football and basketball, the big money sports. Not you know, obviously, it's only baseball is down, but, you know, we, we dominate those sports and those sports are very injury riddled. And we got kids in high school with blown knees, blown shoulders you know, getting to college with bad backs and there's technology available that can help these kids prevent these injuries. Yeah, man, we got, we got to take care. We got to take care of the community, man. If our kids are the ones playing football and basketball, they need this technology, you know? So it's going to, it's, it's, it's going to be, a, it's going to be an education, man. First, I'll start with education, then it become brand recognition, understanding what the technology is about and how it can help the kids, man. Cause there's no way as a parent, if you notice some a treatment, your child can get once or twice a week, that's going to keep them from hurting themselves or maybe help them better perform to chase their dream. It's a no brainer. You know what I'm saying? And that's, and that's what I'm trying to introduce a, a new way to take care of our kids. And then hopefully in turn, if, if the residual effect is our military veterans can get access to the technology because they shouldn't have to pay for it. They should not have to pay for the technology. Our veterans should get it for free. They've already sacrificed them though. Right on, man. I agree wholeheartedly. And man, the mission of yours, those long-term goals, all of that is going to come to fruition, man, because I just hear the passion and I know you're going to make it happen, man. So um, as we wrap up the podcast, I want to ask a million dollar question. I started this podcast because I wanted to highlight the greatness of Montgomery, whether you were born here or lived here for a significant period of your life. You've been here doing starting your business here, coming from DMV by way of Massachusetts. I want to ask you, David, what do you appreciate the most about the gun? I'm going to tell you, man, I believe I believe in um, symbolism, right? What, what better place to start a revolution than Montgomery, Alabama, bro? What better place? <laughs> right on. <laughs> what, what better place, man? You know, I, I thought about that as I got on this journey. I'm like, man, uh, the birthplace of the civil rights movement here in Montgomery, Alabama. You know, you know, so it's like, oh, why not, man? Let's start another revolution, man. And this is the place to be. So it's and that's what I appreciate about the this is the birthplace of, of the civil rights revolution. And I hope this is the birthplace of the healthcare revolution because our, you know, I don't want to get, we, we can talk all day about that, bro, but this is, <laughs> it's I don't even want to get into it. You, you get me, you'll get me, you get me chomping at the bit talking about our, <laughs> you know, the healthcare amongst our, amongst the African-American population, bro. You'll get me chomping at the bit. But you know what you're talking about, man, but, but you, but you're well versed in this. So it, it's not like, man, I'm telling you, and, and that's, and that's the, and that's what I'm, that's what I look forward to, man. I, I'm hope I'm blessed. To get on CNN and all of them. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm right there with them. What y'all want to talk about? Let's go. <laughs> Let's do it. And I'm, yeah. I'm be, because it's in that, because for me, it's this facts are facts, science is science, and truth is truth, man. Mm -hmm. You know, unfortunately, our, our healthcare system is racist as, as all get out, man. I hate to say it. I mean, it is what it is, man. Like, and, you know, and I, I hate to say it. <laughs> and, and, and one here, the shocking part, bro. One here, the shocking part. Go for it. It's, 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 I, I help out a lot of military veterans, man, and it's in and, and the healthcare and how the whole that whole process is with our veterans. Same thing, man. Same thing. And it's just, you know, and it's and it's and it's and as a healthcare provider, you know, being on the inside and seeing it and 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 when I was in school reading the articles about the racism in healthcare, like how African Americans, their pain is undertreated. African Americans, like they're undertreated. <laughs> it's like, what? Like this is a real research paper. How they know this is going on? 
that's the, that's the stuff I learned. That's the, that's the kind of the research I was doing. When I was in school, you know, researching those kind of stuff about, you know, I mentioned those chronic diseases and this chronic pain and surgeries and all that other stuff on African-Americans are different from other populations. But, you know, it's, it's uh, some, the only change is going to come if it starts with the people, man. That's it. So, so healthcare. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I you good, brother. Go ahead, man. You go, you go up here. What's up? So, this is a little bit off the grid, man. So, in terms of these diseases, hypertension, high blood pressure, what are your thoughts about? Because I, I know we hear a lot in our communities. I disagree with it. I've, I've heard a lot that high blood pressure is hereditary. I believe it's All repeated right. bad behavior. Let me tell you this, boss. Let me tell you this, right? All right. I'm going to tell you right now. The only way as a as the African American population, we're gonna fix this problem. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this, and I'm probably I don't know if this, you know, I hope, you know, basically, we have to stop eating like slaves. Mm. Once we stop eating like slaves, we'll stop getting unhealthy. That's just the truth, man. We have to stop eating like slaves, man. I, and ways where I say that because up until my 30s, I was it was taught to me how to eat. Mm. Fried foods, the fried chicken, the collard greens with the ham hocks, <laughs> the macaroni and cheese. This dressing, the stuff and the salt, the hot sauce, blah, 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 the chitlins, the blah, blah, blah. That's how slaves ate. Mm-hmm. We, we, we should not be eating like that as, as a people. Fruits and vegetables, lean meat. Really, actually, this, this science says our, our GI system wasn't designed to even digest meat. But, you know, I, I, I have to be honest, man. You, you can't, you can't, you're not getting me off no juicy steak, man. I respect your honesty, man. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't care what you what you gotta say, you know. But nah, it's just yeah. No, but really, man, just if you if you if it just that we we got we were our culture was taken from us, and we and we were, we ate any way we could to survive. And that mindset has been passed down for four hundred years now that we're still eating like slaves. And when that revelation hit me one day, I was like, oh my god. And but you know. I'm not a, I'm just, that's what it is, bro. We got to stop eating like slaves. We have the knowledge of what our bodies truly need to be functional without disease, but yet we still eat like slaves. That's, that's just the truth, man. It's just, it's a hard fact that as an African, as a, as a, as a culture, we have to accept, we still eat like slaves. You know, we all have degrees. We all have you no know, education and knowledge, but we, it's been in, it's been bred in us to eat a certain way, and, and we still do it. I'm I'm guilty of it sometimes. I'm, I, it's, it was, it's been it's been tough for me to break the habit of eating eating that way. That's not our that's not our true culture of diet. The diet we eat now in America is not our not the, the diet of our that our ancestors ate. We all know that, right? Nah, man. So I mean, that's yeah. spot on, man. And I mean, yeah. that's a great way to put it. I've never thought about it like that, and I appreciate your perspective on that. That's great, man. That's amazing stuff. Yeah, man. So how no, can man, people man. connect with you, David? What are your social media handles? And yeah, please website? do hit me up, man. We on Facebook at at Power of the Juice. Same handle on Instagram at Power of the Juice. My website is www.trifectaperformance.org. Uh, give us a call. We're located at fifty nine eleven Monticello Drive here in Montgomery, Alabama three six one one seven. Our phone number is three three four six seven six. 2797. Yes, sir. And of course, I'll put all of this in the description of the episode. Hey, David, thanks again for the conversation, man. I really appreciate you. Man, I appreciate you, man. It was fun, man. So remember I said, man, no matter where I go, man, you my you my radio guy, bro. All right. That's the that's the deal. deal. <laughs> you my, my podcast. <laughs> my podcast, dude. <laughs> yes, sir. Appreciate you, man. Good all people. Right, I appreciate you, man. Thank yes, you. Yes, sir.
Good people, that concludes another dope episode of the Gumtown Podcast. In the meantime, in between time, y'all know what to do. Be blessed, be safe, but most importantly, have the audacity to be you. Gone. Thanks again for tuning in. I appreciate your time and your attention. Until next time.